Welcome to GI Insights on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Peter Buck, and today we'll be discussing a new therapy for chronic constipation with Dr. Eamon Quigley. Dr. Quigley is the David M. Underwood Chair of Medicine in Digestive Disorders, a professor of medicine at Houston Methodist, and also a co-author of the article titled Randomized Placebo-Controlled Phase 3 Trial of Vibrating Capsule for Chronic Constipation that is published in Gastroenterology just recently in 2023. Dr. Quigley, welcome back to the program. Great to be with you again. Thank you. It's great to work with you again, sir. So let's dive right in, Dr. Quigley. How does this vibrating capsule work for patients with chronic constipation? So let me take through the the details of this as much as we understand them. So basically, this is a capsule, which is about the same size as the pill cam or the smart pill, or basically a large vitamin tablet, okay? So you get one of these, you place it in a little pod that's got a hole which fits the capsule in the middle of it. And when you do that, you activate the capsule. Now, what does that mean? That means that when you swallow the capsule, when it reaches the colon, it will begin to vibrate. Now, when I say it reaches, it's timed or an average small bowel transit of, say, six hours. So it reaches the colon, then it act, begins to activate. And that means that it vibrates at a certain frequency, at a certain repetition rate over a certain period of time. By doing this, it actually stimulates the wall of the colon and stimulates peristalsis in the colon. That's the idea. Now, is there evidence to support this? There is some. There are other studies which have used a variety of other stimulating methods which have shown actually that this does occur. But that's the basic logic behind it. Now, the difficulty with this program, which I've actually been involved with for several years, has been to find the right parameters. In other words, what frequency to stimulate at, how frequently that stimulation should be done, and at what time of the day should that be done. Those were all kind of worked out over the years until we came up with the protocol that appeared in this final study, which fortunately was a positive study. But there isn't an animal model really for constipation or a whole animal model for constipation. So this has all had to be done by trial and error in human studies. Perfect. And let's talk about safety and efficacy. Is a patency capsule worthwhile when we're thinking about this? I realize that the population is going to be different, but is a patency capsule worthwhile in this situation? In developing this, the indications have been very carefully defined. And more importantly, those individuals who would not be suitable for this have been carefully defined. So anybody with dysphagia, anybody with gastroparesis, anybody with a history of intestinal surgery, anybody with a history of complicated diverticular disease, or anybody with a history of Crohn's disease, for example, or any other disorder that leads to stricturing in the small intestine is automatically excluded. Now, where the patency capsule comes in, as you know better than I do, is when you're dealing with, say, a Crohn's patient, for example, uh, you feel that they might benefit from a pill cam, so you do a patency capsule beforehand, in the concern that there might be a stricture that might hold up the capsule. And we've all encountered this. If you follow the instructions carefully in terms of inclusion and exclusion criteria for the vibrant capsule, you should not run into that trouble. So you should not need a patency capsule. Perfect. And how about any other safety and efficacy features that you'd like to talk about? It has been remarkably safe to date. One of the good things about it is that it doesn't cause diarrhea. Like it either works and it relieves your constipation or it doesn't work. 
There have not been any issues with the capsule getting stuck anywhere or causing problems. Some patients are aware of a mild sense of, of vibration when they take the capsule, but that didn't need anybody to want to withdraw from the study at any time. Perfect. So could this treatment be more effective than other therapies currently being used? Now, that's a good question, which I'm not going to give you a complete answer to because we just don't have the data. So the study was done in people who had failed one or more traditional therapy, which would be diet, laxatives, stool softeners, etc. So we can say that it's at least as effective or more effective than that level of treatment. With regard to prescription medications, there has not been a direct comparison. So I cannot say that it's better than linactotide or placanotide or tenapinor or whatever. So I can't say that. However, if you just look at the data, the data look pretty good. And they look the response rates using similar outcome variables, which of course FDA mandated variables as other studies, the results look pretty good. And the other interesting thing that came out from further analysis of the phase three study that you just mentioned was that even in people who had severe constipation, by severe, I mean people who had like no bowel movement per week in the run-in period, they still responded. Thank you for sharing that. For those just tuning in, you're listening to GI Insights on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Peter Buck, and I'm speaking with Dr. Eamon Quigley about a vibrating capsule that's used to treat chronic constipation in patients. So now, Dr. Quigley, how should clinicians address therapy for those who don't respond well to the capsule? Well, it's like everything else. You know, we've got a range of options for patients with constipation. I mentioned a number of the prescription Prosecretory agents are available. There's a promotility agent in the form of procalipride. And of course, then there are the traditional laxatives as well. What I tend to do myself in patients who don't respond to any single therapy is maybe to combine therapies. IBD people do this all the time, is they combine biologics with different mechanisms of action. So if you apply that to constipation, you would maybe take a prosecretory agent and a prokinetic agent, combine those different mechanisms of action. I would also, in this situation, begin to look carefully at other factors. For example, is there significant dysenergia going on? As you can imagine, if patients have significant dysenergia with, say, failure of puberectalis relaxation or failure of anal sphincter relaxation, that may not respond to a lot of conventional therapies and may require more specific evaluation and more specific therapy, such as in the form of biofeedback. And do you ever foresee this as particularly usefulness in patients with irritable bowel syndrome? Yeah, that's a very, very interesting and provocative question. And let me explain to you what I'm saying this. The vagus is actually much more of a sensory nerve than a motor nerve. And there is a slightly tangential evidence from other areas that afferent traffic from the GI tract to the central nervous system may play a role in suppressing some symptoms. One example that comes up with gastric electrical stimulation, the so-called gastric pacemaker, which actually doesn't pacemake. And it actually does improve symptoms in people with gastroparesis or severe nausea and vomiting, but it actually doesn't accelerate gastric emptying. And as you know, there are a number of technologies out there which are being evaluated for afferent stimulation in a variety of conditions. So it is possible, purely theoretical, I've no data whatsoever to support this, but it is possible that you could get some benefit from inertial bowel syndrome. Of course, you would get benefit from the constipation effect in patients with IBSC, but whether you might get some additional benefit in terms of sensory modulation is a possibility, but I don't have an answer to that. I think it's an intriguing idea. I think this capsule technology is fascinating. 
And lastly, Dr. Quigley, are there any other takeaways you would like to leave with our audience today? The one takeaway I would like to mention, which has come up, this is now FDA approved and it's now available. And I think one of the things that people get very anxious about is not seeing the capsule coming out the other end, if you know what I mean. And you have to remind people that colon transient people are constipation is very slow. It'll pass if you have no symptoms suggesting obstruction. I hear that you don't have to worry about it. Just let it pass. See if it works. If it works, great. It could be helpful to you. Well, with those final thoughts in mind, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Eamon Quigley, for presenting this new treatment modality for chronic constipation. Dr. Quigley, thanks so very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. ReachMD, I'm Dr. Peter Buck. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit reachmd.com slash GI Insights, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening and see you next time.